Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirit of Dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope one that cowboy got you. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jay Cat Morris. Uh, figure I'd pop in and do a show tonight. Uh, I have on the line a good friend of mine from the Daily Blitz, Christian Simpson. What's going on, bro? Come on, man. You know I couldn't miss this. The Super Bowl week. You know I had to shoot my shot. Ask yeah, man. Boy, to come on. Come on, man. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So, um, what's going, you know, what's obviously... going on, man? Chilling, chilling. I yeah, man. That. So. We got the uh, the biggest game of the year, you know, the, the Super Bowl. Um, you right, know, some people right. predicted the Rams in this thing from the very start. People were handing them the trophy as soon as they started signing them players. And uh, some different things happened. Um, pretty bad call last week, but uh, they wound up in it. And, uh, you know, the, the usual suspects of Tom Brady and crew are, are right back at right. it. Um so, yeah, I mean, let's go back to last week. What's your thoughts on the call, and, uh, you know, what are they going to do going forward from there with uh, instant replay and all of that? Look, I, look, I've been watching this game for a long time. I've been analyzing it for, what, going on nine years now, and that's the worst call I've ever seen, and I played, too. <laughs> I've never seen 
a call that bad. You can tell it's blatant, unnecessary roughness, unsportsmanlike conduct. He made contact with the receiver before before the ball, before the ball could even yeah. get to him. So you just saw it was a bad call right there. And if the Saints get that call, they get first and goal. They probably punch it in the end zone. And then we're probably talking about the Saints being the NFC representative for Super Bowl yeah. 53 in Atlanta right now. They'd be preparing for a Super Bowl. But you got to realize something, man. Yeah, I get the, the refs are quote-unquote humans too, as Roger said. But my thing is this. This is a this is a playoff game. This is a game for the right to go to the biggest game of the year, and you can be crowned as a champion. This isn't a regular season game. You know, one team won't see tomorrow after making missing a call like that. Right. Um. What's your thoughts? You know, just to play devil's advocate on it, because there are some calls there in that game. Obviously, that was such a crucial point in the game that that would have sealed it right then and there. But there were some, if you go back, there were some face mask penalties that went the other way early in the game that might have put the Rams in a better position. That wouldn't have even made a difference at that point, you know? Right, right. And look, here's the thing. A face mask is a penalty that you can get away with, and most of the time it's offensive linemen who are doing it. And you've heard me say this before plenty of times. Offensive linemen are the sneakiest guys on the field. They're the dirtiest guys on the field. They're trying to gauge your eyes out, trying to kick you. In the spot where the mm-hmm. sun don't shine, I'm not going to say what I really want to say. <laughs> you know, they're clipping yeah, you, they're holding you, they're doing a little bit of everything just to, to make a quote-unquote football play. So, yeah, there were a lot of calls. I mean, there were some bad calls in the New England-Kansas City game as well, if mm-hmm. you want to you know, talk about that, too, because that pass interference on Brady – I mean, not that pass interference, roughing the passer on Tom mm-hmm. Brady, that yeah, wasn't was roughing the passer. No. And then what's your thoughts as far as the New England-Kansas uh, City game? You know, they're now talking about, you know, what if uh, they do not a sudden death overtime and they do, like, another short quarter? Um, your thoughts on that? Well, I think everybody knew that's what the AFC was going to come down to. We saw the first matchup between these two when they played in Kansas City, and I thought Kansas City could have beat them in New England because they just always seem to be a problem. For, for Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots. They come out, they play man coverage across the board. They don't load up the box to get pressure on you. They can hit you. And offensively, they can control things. But now, the difference maker really was Patrick Mahomes. And I knew when New England got off to the fast start in Kansas City, they looked a little too complacent because they didn't really walk away with the game, if you think about it, J-Cat. They had plenty of chances to to run away with it. And Kansas City came back, and my guy told me Kansas City has to score here in this third quarter. And look at what happened. Mahomes just kept generating offense, and it was a boxing match in the second mm-hmm. half. But Kansas City ran out of gas. And look, as well as Andy Reid coached in that <clears> game, because he's known to kind of call some clunkers in the playoffs. As well as he coached, yeah. why didn't he call a timeout in that overtime period? Because you could tell his defense was gas. He couldn't get stops. Brady ran the same play three times. You know. When Gronk is lined up wide as a receiver, six foot six, he's the biggest mismatch and the biggest nightmare on the field. I know he's not the same guy. But let's look at it like this. When that safety dropped down, Gronk was coming in on the slot, got the ball. They kept running the football. They pounded in for the end zone, and that's why they're here. I mean, they're here for, what, the ninth time in the last 18 years? I mean, that's absolutely remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy what they've accomplished. Um 
but yeah, you know, what's your thoughts on them them doing something different with the uh, overtime? And, and you know, do you think that that's a possibility? Is something they could do? Yeah, they definitely need to do something differently uh, as far as the overtime is concerned. You see how it's played in college. You know, they hmm. one team gets the ball, they kick a field goal, or they score. The other team at least has one opportunity to possess the football. They get four tries to put it in, and if they don't get it in, the other team wins. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it would only be right, especially when you had that back-and-forth game. You know, every time the offense got the ball, they were going to drive downfield, and Mahomes was seemingly completely unstoppable. You know, the defense really did stand up, you know, against them, but in the same token, he was making moves, especially down the stretch. If he had a chance in that overtime, there's a good chance he ties that up. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely agree with you on that. Now, J-Cat, before I came on, we got a few questions uh, on Facebook. I think we should get into those right now. So the first one is from Candace. Um, What time, what kind of game do I think Tom, what kind of game will Tom Brady play? I'll Mm -hmm. let you answer that one first, then I'll give my take. So, come on, man, this is your show. I'm being being friendly. I'll let you take it away. What type of game do you think Tom Brady is going to have? I mean, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, um, I mean, overall, my prediction is definitely New England winning the game. I just don't see Tom Brady and Bill Belichick going back-to-back losses in the Super Bowl. I mean, Tom is at at top form at his age and everything else. People could talk what they want, but he's still one of the absolute best in the league. And I don't think he's going to – you know, go out there and play anything different than what you'd expect from Tom Brady. Um, the Rams' defense has not stood up as strong as I've expected them to. I mean, some of the huge names that they signed in the off season, and they came out still letting up a whole lot of points. And if you're letting up points against a lot of teams, Tom Brady's not going to be the one that doesn't put up points against you. So I, I think he's going to do work out there. Well, the way I look at it, everybody was saying – He's slow, he's old, he's not the same guy, he's lost a step, he's 41 years old. But this guy has really exceeded expectations, if you think about it. He's played at a high level past his prime, the prime years of your career from 25 to 34. And he's elevated his play, it seems, each and every year. But when I look at it, he always saves it for the biggest moments. Everybody thought the Chargers were going to light him up. What's he do? He lights up the Chargers. He goes on the road in Kansas City, hostile environment, crappy weather, lights it up again, and keeps Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. And, you know, he pulled a Jay-Z and showed him how to do this, son. So <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to have a big game. And it just always seems like the bigger the lights, the bigger the moment, and the brighter the moment, the better he is. I see him completing at least 50, 55% of his passes. They're going to run a lot of the same plays. And here's the thing about the Patriots. They don't step out their box. They know they don't have a deep threat down the field. So what are they going to do? They're going to run it underneath, quick passes to Edelman, James White, Gronk over the middle, Chris Hogan, any receiver that's open, really. They're going to work the flat. They're going to work the middle of the field. That's their specialty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right, another me, question let me you had up there was Dennis asking, how many times do you think Aaron Donald will sack Tom Brady? I'm going to say three. This guy is absolutely a beast to prepare for. He's the greatest defensive player we have in the game. You know my rule. You better have game if you have two first names. That's Chris's government rule, by the way. If you haven't learned about it, you better look it up. But, he look, he's unblockable. And 
I have a feeling. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna say three. I'm gonna say two and a half because what's Belichick known for doing? He wants to take away your key player, and when you get ready to game plan for the Los Angeles Rams, Aaron Donald's the first guy that comes up, and that's when you know you're a special defensive player. And I think he's been the best player in football this year. I'm not taking away what Patrick Mahomes did, but Aaron Donald commands so many triple and sometimes quadruple teams just to keep Mm -hmm. him away. And I haven't seen a guy on the interior of your defensive line get continuous amounts of pressure like he has probably since the days of Warren Sapp. And I think things have turned out pretty well for him. So I'm going to say two and a half sacks. Okay. Um, Let's see what else they got. And uh, who has to play well for the Rams to win? Um, wow, that's a good question. I'm going to say Brandon Cooks. This is why you got him for this moment right here. They were lacking a number one wide receiver, finally got one in the offseason. You don't think this guy is going to be motivated after playing for New England last year and they trade him after a season? He's a number one receiver. He can stretch the field. He can take the top off his own. And you don't think? He's in his teammates' head saying, hey, they run this coverage, they run that coverage. This guy was just with them last year, in this moment, last year against the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. I'd say as far as uh, the Rams pulling a win, I think a very, very key would be um, Todd Gurley showing up and actually playing uh, a beast <laughs> game like we, we were used to him playing. Um, I think the big difference between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Rams is, you know, with the Chiefs, you got that high-powered offense, but – I don't know if the running game is quite as strong as what the Rams bring to the table. So the big difference maker, I think, is if the Rams establish a strong running game and then they open up the passing game a little bit from there. Yeah, they're going to have to. And, when I, you know, I'm looking at it from a defensive standpoint as well. I look at Aqib Salib. He's the heart and soul of this Rams defense. He's the Draymond Green of this Rams defense. The character is the guy with the antics, the guy with the mouth. But – when he puts his head to it, he's one of the best corners in the league. He played from the Winkland as well. But here's the thing. He can guard Edelman, and he's locked up Edelman before I've seen it with my own two eyes. But I'm taking it back to 2013 where he locked down Jimmy Graham when Jimmy was a member of the New Orleans Saints. And everybody says tight ends are the most difficult guys to, uh, to lock up, to defend. And he did it and held Jimmy Graham without a catch. So expect to see him on Gronkowski a little bit. Here and there Hmm. as well. But I think the biggest key for the Rams in this game on Sunday is Ndamukong Sue. Just due to the simple fact Aaron Donald's going to see his double teams and his triple teams. So that's going to open some leeway for Ndamukong to get in. This is another reason why you bought a guy like Sue here to collapse Tom Brady's pocket. And it's imperative that the Rams get pressure on third down. I'll even take it back to you with this. Remember a couple years ago, J-Cat, when the Patriots played the Broncos? in the AFC title mm-hmm. game when Peyton yeah. retired. Wayne Phillips mm-hmm. was the defensive coordinator of the um, Denver Broncos then. Now he's the defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams. So I expect to see a lot of exotic packages from Wade early on. They're going to try and get Tom off his rocker. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, uh, you know, the possibility Sue's fired up in the Super Bowl, unsportsmanlike conduct on Adamican Sue? I don't see it happening. I think those days are over. He's a mature guy now. I think back yeah. then he was a kid when all that was that. Look, stepping on people, kicking people. Two years I, I ago. I don't see that. Was it two years ago? <laughs> I don't know. I when feel like it wasn't that long ago. 
talk about he's nah, a kid. Man. I feel he like he did something dumb. In a while. No. Look, he got look. He got out of Detroit, man. Sometimes you need to change the scenery. Yeah. I just I just think you know, I just think he he's grown up. It seems you know he hasn't been that guy. Okay. All right. Um, what do you what do you think the final score is? Find out Sunday, fifteen minutes before kickoff. I never tell anybody. I make a video. Everybody asks okay. me during the week, and I always yeah I always save the best for last. All right, all right. Um, myself, I'm uh, you know, cause I, I've been betting on the games all year. Uh, sports betting's legal in Jersey now, so I'm fucking crazy on that. But um, I, I'm I'm betting on both the over and the under. <laughs> but uh, all, all bets, because it's you know the way that my bets have been going. If I bet the over, it's gonna land under, and then then I'm just beat. So um. One way or another, I gotta either break even or you know win a couple bucks. But um, the over is uh, fifty nine point five, I believe. So, what would you say oh, over wow. or under? Wow, I'm gonna say about fifty seven, fifty eight. So, so you go yeah, under. That's what I'm gonna say. I go under for sure. Um, hmm. I think it's gonna be a close game. I think it comes down to the fourth quarter. I could see them both training jabs. In the fourth quarter, and this game reminds me a lot of last year's Super Bowl, and the Rams have what the Eagles and Giants both had in that strong defensive line. So expect them to really get it going on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I I think if um if the Pats defense shows up and looks strong, you know, as as they have been able to in these playoffs, th- then it's probably going to wind up on the under. But they could very well get into a complete shootout and easily blow out that over. So, I mean, this, this Rams team was, is the one that, you know, matched up with the Chiefs and had the, you know, the highest scoring Monday night football game of all time. So, um, they're not beyond right. scoring points. And Tom can right. do it, and, too. You know, but, see, that's you said it best. That's the biggest question right now. What Patriots defense is going to show up? And here's the thing. You look at all the years they were winning Super Bowls, they've always had one guy to simply rush the passer, whether it was Richard Seymour Chris Long, Jamie Collins, uh, Chandler Jones. They don't have that now because they're not built to rush the passes. They've built this defense now from the secondary and moving it forward, kind of doing what Pete Carroll did in Seattle when he formed up the Legion of Boom. So Trey Flowers has to be big. Then again, you know, Jared Goff isn't necessarily a mobile quarterback. You get him out the pocket. Kind of reminds me of a younger version of Flacco a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I saw an article before and I, I think these articles are just created to just stir up like, uh, anger out of people because some of the, it's just, it's crazy. Um, they, they posted the Rams have the next Belichick and Tom Brady, the new dynasty in Los Angeles, question mark. It's like, how, how can you start talking about a dynasty without one under your belt? Like you can't not win a Super Bowl yet and start talking about comparing to Tom Brady. Uh, it's just Were crazy. they talking about... Were they talking about McVeigh and Jared Goff being a yeah. tandem? I think that's what they were doing. I think they just kind of look, man. It's a journalism thing. I think they just said that to catch the attention's reader, and it got your attention. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess it did. But um, I mean, I, I just think that's that's bizarre. You know, I, you can look at a quarterback right. playing really good, but you can't go, hey, that's the next Tom Brady. Like, what what are you talking about? 
That's crazy. Right, right, right. I get what you mean. But, nah, man, this is going to be a great game. Um, I know a lot of people have said they're not going to watch it because they're simply tired of New England being in it, and I can understand that. But let me just ask those people this same question. When has it been a dull Super Bowl with New England in it? I mean, from the first one when they played the Rams, when Brady won the first as, what, 24 or 25-year-old? It was, what, a three-point game. I mean, their first couple of Super Bowls were decided by a field goal. Even the ones that they've lost, it's been by a touchdown or less. Yeah. Um, Tom has said, you know, straight up, like, win or lose, he is not retiring. I don't think he is either. Some people are saying he, he will. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I had a feeling he wasn't going to retire, but I will tell you this, though. I think next year may be it for him. Because let's look at it like this. The guy really doesn't have anything left to prove. He's won his rings. He's won five of them. He's won the MVPs. He's the all-time winningest quarterback in playoff history and regular season history. He's playing in his ninth Super Bowl. Some franchises haven't been to one, and this guy has nine under his belt more than <laughs> yeah, some franchises do <laughs> as an organization. So, I mean, that just goes to tell you the guy's in the Super Bowl every year, every other year. If if you want to be technical, nine and what, 18 years? And this is his 19th year. He's played in 13 AFC championship games. One nine of those, as I just said. But, look, man, he's a lead pipe lock for the Hall of Fame. The day when he retires, I wish they would just flush that five-year rule down the toilet for him because nobody deserves it more than him. I- I'd get his yellow jacket ready now if I could. Oh, but yeah. here's my thing. Here's my thing. I think next year could possibly be it, playing even 20 years with one team as a quarterback, and no quarterback I don't think has ever done that. But he's been able to do it with one team and one coach throughout his entire career. And last summer he did an interview with Oprah, and Oprah mm-hmm. asked him, and he got quiet when Oprah asked, how much longer do you have? Here's the thing. You know, Tom hasn't really had a major injury outside of that ACL tear. I kind of want mm-hmm. him to walk out on his own power. I don't want him to be forced to have to retire like Peyton Manning was because Peyton just couldn't throw anymore. And I think the injury yeah. is just kind of caught up to him. And then number two, his kids are still relatively young. So, you know, I want him yeah. to be able to walk and see his sure. kids. You know, I just, I'm just looking at it from a bigger life perspective. He, the guy really doesn't have anything left to prove. I think he's just playing right now for the love of the game. If he wins on Sunday, I will tell you this. He's the greatest football player I've ever seen. I mean, to win six Super Bowls as a quarterback, it's never been done, and he'd be the only one to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to take anything away from Tom. I'm definitely not one of those guys. But um, yeah, I, I think with him floating a number out there, he's been saying 45 on multiple occasions across a, a couple of years. He wants to play until 45. I, I don't think anyone's stopping Tom from doing what Tom wants to do. I, I just don't. You know, I mean, maybe if he he sees a drop off in play one of these years, but I think as long as he's playing at a top caliber, if he wants to play to 45, you're not stopping Tom Brady from doing it. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, he's going to eat his avocado ice cream and a whole bunch of things he eats that you can't spell. So, yeah, he's going to stay on the field for a while. But I wouldn't be surprised if he were to call it a career after next year. I mean, 20 years in the league, he's done it all. He's seen damn near every coverage possible for any quarterback to see so you know at this point i wouldn't be surprised what he does if he continues to play he's gonna play 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's about all we got as far as the Super Bowl. Just real quick on the NBA side of things. Do you think the Lakers pull any one of these big trades off before the deadline? And which one, if if any? Um, I mean, they could, but they'd be stupid to do it now because any big trade that they make, any team is going to ask for Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball. I try to kind of finesse a deal where you just trade um, Brandon Ingram because I think he's the most expendable out of the both mm-hmm. of them. You know, um, you look at – what's his name? You look at Lonzo Ball, he's improved significantly. And Kyle Kuzma, he's probably the second-best player, not named LeBron. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're talking Kyrie and all that. And, you know, I don't know. I think the Kyrie thing is crazy. If I was LeBron, I'd tell the coach, like, let Kyrie stay where he's at. We've had enough of him. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know with LeBron. <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's the first. He's the first. Look, I'm not hating. I like LeBron. I really do. But he's the first coach, player, GM <laughs> on this side of the Mississippi that I've ever seen, you know. Anything LeBron's wanted, LeBron's got. His second to final year in Cleveland, he said, what, we need a playmaker. What do they do? Mm-hmm. They try and give him a playmaker. They got him the wrong guy in a pass his prime, Darren Williams. But mm-hmm. he wanted it. They got it. You know, he wanted David Black gone. What happened? He was gone. He wanted Tyron Lewis the head coach. What happened? Got Tyron yeah. Lue as the head coach. So, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen. It just seems like it's one big old soap opera right now. I guess. To me, Kyrie's trouble, though. I just, you know, he's one of the most talented players in the league, but I just don't think he's uh, I don't think he's that loyal. And um, I don't know. I, I think if I was LeBron, I would, I'd stay away from Kyrie. We'll see what happens because I don't see him playing in Boston next year. And earlier in right. the year, he said he would resign with them but now the possibility of you know clay thompson lebron anthony davis and and kyrie irving wow <laughs> yeah it's crazy i mean wow. you, you know there's going to be a team that comes together in la that that people wow at i mean there absolutely has to be yeah and let's be realistic here this is the most i want to say What's the word I'm looking for? Relevant that the Lakers have been in years because the Lakers haven't been that great all those years. Even you look at the last couple of years of Kobe's career, they didn't even make the playoffs. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible what one guy can do. And I think before LeBron got hurt, the Lakers were, what, in fourth place? In the West now, they're teeter-tottering around eighth and ninth in the competitive mm-hmm. West. So, one guy really makes a difference, and I mean, he's showing you right now. Even not being on the floor, he's still the best player in the league. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, man. So yeah, man. Uh, I mean, in, enjoy the uh, the big game on Sunday. Um, is there anything else Definitely. you want to put out there? Plug. Oh man, yeah, I'll be doing a couple of uh, radio shows as well. You know, my little podcast, Analyst Corner, with my man Cole Johnson, aka Coach. Um, that'll be happening sometime this weekend, where we're just going to give you more of an extensive preview of of Super Bowl Fifty Three. Our takeaways, going to break down some film, and it will be on Facebook Live. So I'm really looking forward 
to that. Um, keep following up on the website, thedailyblitz.net. Become a subscriber today. Send me your email address if you want. The more I have, the better. Um, game preview for the Super Bowl is coming up on Friday, Friday afternoon, maybe Friday night. Don't know when. I'm going to release it. And then I'll have a write-up on some of the Hall of Famers that that are going in. This weekend, I know Tony Gonzalez is probably going to get in. He's probably going to be a lot, as well as Ed Reed. Those are the two that you can definitely get my thoughts on. It. It's just going to be fun, man. And then Sunday night after the game, you know, I'm going to go on Facebook Live, talk about just the season, the game overall, what the season was for me. And, you know, the one question that a lot of people have had has been, where have I been getting my, my creative titles for for my blog post so i'm gonna explain everything and i'm gonna give everybody the 10 my 10 favorites from this year as well so there's definitely a lot to look forward to awesome man cool cool so yeah i mean thanks for joining me uh you know doing a little Absolutely. super bowl pre-game with me because uh you know you're my go-to nfl guy <laughs> yeah, i appreciate that man yeah, I man. really appreciate it. All right, man. Enjoy the enjoy. Have a good rest of the show. Enjoy the game, and I'll talk to you throughout the week. All right. Absolutely, man. Take care. All right, man. Yep, absolutely. Peace. So there you go, Christian Simpson from the Daily Blitz. Check him out. He does extensive write-ups on all the games that go on. I'm gonna hit this track, come back, and you know I'm a I'm gonna be back on my bullshit. So. Okay, you know why I called you here today, right? I have no fucking idea, man. <laughs> well, you a legend, brother. And you talking about leaving the game? Yo, man, I'm hip-hop from day one. I'm hip-hop front line. These young motherfuckers don't respect shit anymore, man. Yo, you've been through it all, man. You were all city king of graffiti, breakdancing, DJing out in the park, man. I know your story, MCing, and you got full knowledge yourself. You got all the elements of hip-hop, but you forgetting the most important one. The what's that? That's K-Slaying, because you slaying the game, and you staying in this motherfucker. They don't respect shit anymore, man. I'm trying to tell you. Yo, I don't give a fuck. You're going to stay, and you're going to kill the game. Kill this motherfucking game. When the little time go by, they forget what you done for them. Always tried to comfort them, now you're ready to comfort them. Catch them when he draw the trash, then really jumping them. He could really walk through his ass, niggas be jumping them. Friends kept pumping them, so they backed out the pumping them. Walk by bumping them, like you voted for trumping them. Niggas ain't cool cause you lawyer, they cool cause you up. They will stop doing shit for you when you lose them bucks. Can't tell who rooting for you, confusing as fuck. That's why I refuse to be told that the root gets tough, man. I'm from 30 Lennox. Got up for half an hour, imagine 30 minutes. We can't go half an hour, you run a dirty business. Cause I'm the man with the power, I'm really sturdy with it. This shit have hurt the witness. This the drama hour, free the whole Rikers Island. And they ain't coming home yet, so they don't Rikers Wild. Case slay, this shit ain't for play, play. Let them know we spray caves, we spin them like they blaze. This shit rappers out here giving these false promises. Kanye gon' be the next president, y'all watch it. Before I ever picture me falling, I'll crop it. Gotta get money as long as you got pockets. 24 why was they calling non-stop shit Remember them corner store mornings Hot chocolate Fiends catch seizures from morning Pop locking Making it stretch like yawning Five pots then It's a lot of abomination They came at Bill Cause he trying to buy a station Yeah we still paying for OJ violation Police kill and decline No time facing I can't breathe Hands up man please Y'all be ready to squeeze For saying some damn free Remember me not saying And be on my damn knees Remember me not fighting And copping some damn I'm the hood Messiah, blue flame fire. 
in a headshot, barrel on your neck, longer than Hogan leg drop, birds from a pelican punch. Rondo, coke weed combo, combos in a condo. Put bread on your name, turn me to John Doe. Been selling the cane, know how the Bronx go. On the bass like McGuire, 38 fire, might acquire, acquire. Or whatever they say the Reverend requires. I level with fire, I remember the fire. Still kill at will, never was tired. Beretta in a Pico level, nigga, I'm flyer. Gold up. Slave mentality, keep the niggas at bay so they behave irrationally. Keep the rappers in place while feeding them waste scraps. They just erase blackface and replace it with face tats. So why listen to a motherfucking troll that's feeding up black emotion and send us back in commotion? It's really just rap emotion, but we see what he plotting. We went from cotton fields to pills of oxycotton and cotton. Your cerebellum is antebellum, you can't repel him. We're swelling inside of a man's soul with the cancer swelling. He's telling us lies that we so annoyed. How you claim to be a god, but your god is an opioid? How you claim to be a king, but your throne was ghost written? I don't blame him so much, but the people that's close with him. These industry niggas is so smitten, but I say what I want when I want, no permission. People confused between getting views and the fiction news, but it lit a fuse when you listen to and you listen to them. Divisions, division on your television in the living room, and this is what a mind sounds like, breaking out of its cocoon. Police killing, celebrity tweets willing, you in the wrong direction. Government makers choose one side, even though we all affected. Dumb shit on the radio all day, dog. It's all connected. Niggas be talking about how they won't change, but we all accept it. I learned that it's a new evil. Look how they do people. If you wearing blue, then it's cool. Whoever you shoot, legal. We all high off stupid. Social media, the new needle. We need new leaders and preachers, deacons and school teachers. We need to invest back in ourselves, but that ain't what school teachers. Ridiculed and told we a fool. They trying to remove thinking. Need to expand our brainwaves. We in a swimming pool sinking. Hoping I'm giving you something to think about. Don't be I'm confused. I'm so incredible. Deep. 72 pedestals or stepping stools. My residential level is heavenly. The bed I use is made out of cloud formation. I'm never pressing snooze. I'm woke. Yeah, mentally broke. That little set of jewels, it won't be shining when your lights go out. I'm talking when the phones turn off and the mics come out. I'm gold medalist. No bronzes inside my house. You bronze run inside the house when Mike come out. I'm Iron Mike in a title bout with shines in his mouth. Puff your eye or give it up like shine on the couch. The nine foul fired out so many times I lose count. I used to lion and pounce like a lion on a mouse. No lie, you lying shirt like coal miners cause the beacon that eagle had iron flying till you migrated south. Shit, I don't pop a lot. I just drop them on the sky. What that mean? Mean I'll knock whoever violated out. I love hip-hop. I hate what it's turning into. Nouns, verbs, repeat a couple words and you through. I take that personal too. So every personal too that wants us versus them, I got verses for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that real shit. Yo, so I was really, really pulling for the Chiefs to go win the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, anybody who knows me knows I'm a diehard Niner fan. Um, my grandma was the one who got me into football and the Niners overall. She was a diehard Niner fan. Um, more so than even the Niner fan, she was a diehard Joe Montana fan. So when Joe went to the Chiefs, she went with him. And um, I didn't, I didn't ride with that, but I, I completely respected her decision because that's how I ride. That's that's how I went with basketball. You know, when Shaq's career was going, I went where Shaq went. So I got a lot of different jerseys. Um, and then when he retired, I was like, well, let me figure out where I land. And then um, I started watching LeBron, and I was like, oh shit, hey, you know, this is this is what I'm doing now. So now I follow LeBron's career the same way. With with football, I've always been team loyal, and I've always been a Niner fan. Always will be to the death. Um, but man, my my grandma was straight up angry. Like, like she was not a Steve Young fan because fuck, man, 
he replaced Montana. Like Montana got hurt, he came filled the fucking spot, and it was just like, yo, how how the fuck are you gonna take Joe Montana's job? Like, how the fuck do you take, in my opinion, greatest quarterback of all time? You can talk all the Tom Brady shit you want. Look, no disrespect to Tom, he's fucking incredible, but um, he lost a couple Super Bowls, so let's let's just uh keep that as it is, um, you know. But um. You know what's crazy is, like, there's all these people that want to shit on LeBron and be like, oh, LeBron lost this, LeBron lost that. But these are the same people that are going to tell you that um, that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it falls on two sides of the ball. You know what I mean? Um, I, I mean, I, I kind of pick my sides on that, too. But um, if, if you're saying that, that Mike is definitely the best because he's undefeated and shit like this, then, I mean, I would say... You, you got to say the same thing for Joe Montana, no? Because, I mean, when it's all said and done, LeBron might have more rings. I mean, if all his stats across the board look better, uh, you know, I get it. I don't know. It's kind of your call. But uh, either way, um, the only thing that made me feel better, so I have, again, what I'm kind of saying is I have a little bit of a soft spot for the Chiefs because Joe went there and all that. And, um, you know, so I always kind of, like, side root for them, you know. Uh, it, it's Niners to the death, but, like, Obviously, the Niners were nowhere near the playoffs. And, um, you know, I was like, fuck, man. Hopefully, the Chiefs go pull one. They did not do that. The only thing that makes me feel better about that is because when I watched that fucking McDonald's commercial with Travis Kelsey dancing in that motherfucker over $2 fucking sandwiches or, or $5 sandwiches, um, that shit pisses me off, man. Like, your advertisement is is so insulting to the fucking intelligence of anybody watching because look if you're going to try to sell to me that that a multi-millionaire likes mcdonald's hey man anybody could like fucking whatever the fuck they want you know um there's a good chance that you know he could just be really into mcdonald's maybe he's got an attachment from his you know childhood and he's like y'all i'll never forget how much i like fucking uh you know, Big Macs and shit, because I always have, you know, since a child, man, that was my favorite thing, so every once in a while, I cave and I go hit McDonald's, look, I can't, I can't argue with that, because, like, I, I don't fuck with McDonald's, but, you know, some people have that kind of, you know, that link, that connection, so if you're gonna sell that to me, I can't dispute it, I don't know Travis Kelsey like that, all right, they're selling to me, as that this motherfucker is, first off, standing in McDonald's, why would he have He's just going to walk into McDonald's. Like, he, he can't send somebody there. First off, okay, discount that. Now, let's talk about why is this motherfucker dancing because there is a sale on motherfucking shit. And this dude's a multimillionaire. You're telling me it's some shit for two for five? This dude's saving maybe $2. I don't even know what they normally cost. Let's just say he's saving fucking $2. And this multimillionaire is dancing in fucking McDonald's because that two for five sales got him fucking hyped. Get the fuck out of here, man. You act like this dude would even fucking flinch at the price. Like, he would even ask the fucking price of a goddamn McDonald's sandwich or several McDonald's sandwiches. That he's going to be in there dancing, like, lost reality dancing. Where they got to be like, yo, yo, my man. Like, <laughs> it's your turn to order and shit. And this dude is just, like, bugging out off of two for five sandwiches. You got to be out of your motherfucking mind. So that's the only thing that makes me feel better. Because I, if. If you're going to take that type of sales pitch, you're going to take McDonald's money to do this commercial, and you allow that kind of nonsense to go on and be part of it, then then maybe you shouldn't be in the Super Bowl. And the other thing that makes me feel better is um is uh, Patrick Mahomes eating ketchup on fucking macaroni and cheese. 
That's that's why you ain't in the fucking Super Bowl neither. You know what I mean? Patrick Mahomes is a fucking beast, man. He's so much fun to watch. And then you think about the type of shit he does with fucking ketchup and macaroni and cheese and shit. And and that's why he's not in the motherfucking Super Bowl. But you Tom Brady don't eat no motherfucking ketchup on his macaroni and cheese. Fuck out of here. So, um, so there's that. Let's talk real quick about how um, last show, uh, Sozio and myself ran down the Hall of Fame. And uh, we pretty much named all the motherfuckers that they inducted. Uh, at the time, they only had um, uh, announced B-Boy. We had no inside information, despite the fact that he you know, has worked for the company, has been world champion and all that. We had no inside information. And we ran down who we feel should be in the Hall of Fame. And coincidentally, they put in a whole fucking lot of them. Coincidentally, after <laughs> Sozio ran down the whole Hall of Fame with me and shit on DJ... He got a phone call the next day from DJ Hyde asking for him to induct Adam Flash in the Hall of Fame. That's fucking wild. I guess that's all a coincidence, though, right? So, um, Lefisto, as we mentioned, should be um, in, is is going in. Um, Sanjay Dutt, we mentioned. Um, Adam Flash, we mentioned. And then um, the Messiah, we mentioned. So it's like the whole Pandora's box um, stable. Almost the entire high five is in, minus Trent Acid and um, Johnny Cashmere. It's just wild. You know, some of that shit is still just completely wild to me. But um, all deserving people are going into the Hall of Fame. So I, I respect that and everything, but I, I do not think that it's complete coincidence that we named a bunch of people and then suddenly, you know, a bunch of fucking names popped up online. Either we're complete guessing geniuses, but based on my betting record, I would say that is not an accurate statement because I lose a lot of motherfucking games. So there's no way I guessed like five Hall of Famers that were going to go in based off of nothing. And then I can't pick a motherfucking game right. So the other thing is, like I said, I, I picked the fucking Patriots. I'm betting on the over and the under, and um, I think it's like I forget what the what the breakdown was, but I figure I'm gonna bet like eighty bucks or something. So I bet like a a higher number on the one that pays out less, so it comes out to more type shit. So uh, on the one, I think I win like one something, and on the other, I'll pretty much break even and come back about eighty. You know what I mean? So plus whatever the you know the forty I get back or whatever the case is, but so that that that's what I'm going on. So so basically what's going to happen is um, the Patriots are probably going to lose the Super Bowl, and um, although I would lose eighty bucks, I wouldn't be really mad at it. I'm not a Patriots hater, but they would go from five Super Bowls to six, um, therefore getting a one up on the fucking Niners. The the Steelers already got that one up, so. We're talking about, uh, you know, two teams that would be at six waiting for us to go and uh, take our motherfucking spot back up top. Uh, we were tied for five a lot of years until the uh, the Steelers went and took that. So I'm all right with the Patriots going hanging out with them. But again, if the Patriots lose, I mean, you're going to tell me Joe Montana won or, or lost back to back Super Bowls. Nah, that, that that wouldn't be an accurate statement, would it? Um. So, you know, I mean, it just, 
it helps me a little bit in my argument. But other than that, I have no stake in the game. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. Um, so that's that. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? I know I had a bunch of shit written down. Um, let me see. Oh, uh, Jun Kasai is going to be wrestling not not Marcus Crane. Everybody thought that it was going to be Marcus Crane. Now, I'm not going to completely shit on it because, in my opinion, I I, I got to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that there's got to be a reason why he's not wrestling Marcus Green. There's got to be a reason. Um, if there's no reason and they just picked Cologne over Crane, that's bizarre. That's fucking crazy bizarre. Um, Cologne is one of the most innovative, um, exciting deathmatch guys to watch. Um, depending on, you know, your spot in the crowd. But, um, no, he's one of those guys that's able to do some shit that you don't see every day in death matches, you know, whether it be like the, the dragon suplex with the tubes or, you know, the, the different things that he's done, um, and, and created different spots within matches and stuff. And he's able to work at a very, very fast pace, you know, cause he's a good wrestler on top of being, um, you know, crazy fucking deathmatch wrestler. So I don't think it's a bad choice by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so it, it's, I mean, good for him. And um, any any Kasai match, you, you're in for a fucking treat. It's going to be some shit. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be all out over there in AC. So, yeah, I, I, I think you got Schlack and Gage and fucking uh, Kasai and Cologne. That, that's fucking crazy all by itself. And I'm sure they're going to stack the card around that shit, too. So, um, yeah, go check that shit out. Um, Chris Hero. Um, that motherfucker's fat. Um, I, I I could just about end that fucking uh, that topic right there. But that shit is crazy. And, you know, I, I've said this over time a lot. And, you know, one of the first things that always pops up is, oh, dude, but no, he can work. He can work. Who the fuck said shit about him working? I'm talking about this motherfucker eating like it's a competition. I'm talking about this dude skipping the gym like there's AIDS up in that motherfucker. Like there's airborne AIDS in the fucking gym. This fucking dude is avoiding that shit like a motherfucker. There was rumors that he got fired the first time because his physique was bad or or that he was he refused to train hard in the gym and whatever. That was the rumor. Um, he said he, that wasn't the case or whatever, and then the dude got re-signed, and it was like he just wanted to prove motherfuckers wrong, like, yo, you thought I was fat before? Check out how fat I get now and not get fired. Um, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's crazy, and, like, he's on some, you know, trunk shit, like, he's not on, like, he he doesn't have, like, the singlet or any kind of shit like that, like, the dude is, is bizarre. Um... And, and you can say whatever you want about his work and this and that. I'm not, I refuse, I don't give a fuck who says what. There's not a chance in hell that he's now better. There's there's no chance. The type of shit he was doing with Kings of Wrestling, and then when he, he went to the knockout kid shit, and he started doing like a little bit more of a hard-hitting style. The shit he was doing with Kingston, the shit he was doing, you know, again, with Claudio tagging his stuff. Don't tell me he's now a better wrestler with a big fat, fucking uh, physique 
Yeah, I mean, it's not a fact. He's just still talented, incredibly knowledge in professional wrestling, and, and none of that has changed. But the fact that it matters is there's no way you're working better at that size. And the other thing is, is hey, man, how many people are we going to watch excel past him while he sits in NXT and they fucking boost people into NXT, out of NXT, into the main roster, skip right past NXT, go straight to the main roster, and Chris Hero just fucking stays as a permanent NXT guy. I think the best case scenario for him is he winds up just a trainer. Just winds up a trainer fucking NXT and helps guys develop and this and that, because as far as an on-screen personality, and, and to me it's like, you know, I shit on him for, for what he's, he's become, you know, physically, but let's be fucking real. Back in 2001, 2002, Chris Hero and fucking CM Punk were two hungry motherfuckers that met up in IWA Mid-South. And they were out there fucking crushing it. They did 90-minute matches, Hero, Punk, this and that. CM Punk has been out of the wrestling business for years now, and people are still chanting his fucking name in the building. Chris Hero's working dark matches for NXT, and nobody's upset about his spot. Does anybody see an issue with that? Because I 100% think if Chris Hero took care of himself in the way that he was initially fucking um, initially built when he got signed the first time, because he got himself into the best shape of his fucking life before he got signed the first time. I don't know if Claudio was like a good influence on him or what, but the dude had like fucking abs, like, you know, out of nowhere because... He was he was never like a like super cut or chiseled guy, but he always had like the fucking, you know, leather pants, pleather pants shit. And then he had like a fucking pleather shirt, tank top shit going on. So it would kind of guard whatever physique shit he had going on, but it was nothing like what the fuck he's dealing with now. Like what he's dealing with now is crazy. And now he's wearing less shit. You can just see all this shit. Shit is crazy. So, um there's that and um if he was in the same fucking shape, you don't think Chris Hero would be up top? He wouldn't be main eventing fucking shows? I, that That's... Come on, man. You already know the fucking answer to that. The dude could work his fucking ass off. He, he's been in programs with all sorts of people and fucking killed it. He is not fucking... He, he is not built for fucking TV looking like that. So they just fucking keep him under the radar and it is what it is. And it's a shame because his ability is top notch. Any wrestler in the building will tell you, you know, how awesome he is. They'll give him a million points fucking credit. But when it comes to fucking actually training physique and trying to push himself to be better, um, you know, visibly. And, and I mean, come on. Again, your work rate is not just going to be better at, in, in shit shape. There's no way. It's just a shame. Um, it's just like a completely wasted time where he could really excel to the top. The dude could be making insane fucking money. I don't know what the fuck he makes now. I'm not saying he doesn't make shit, but um, uh, he could definitely make more. He'd definitely be a lot hotter of a commodity and um, a bigger name, you know. But um, you know that that's that's uh, that's where he's at. Uh, speaking of the WWE. Hearing about all these different guys asking for their release. We're talking about um, Nakamura, um, Dean Ambrose, um, Hideo Itami, um, and uh, who the fuck else I heard? Rusev. Um, Nakamura, like, to me, that, that doesn't come as much of a surprise at all because there was rumors that, like, 
I think after last WrestleMania it was going to be the end for him. And that was going to be like his last show and he was heading back to Japan and all that. And I guess they re-signed him or something. I really, I don't watch any of this shit and I really don't have any um, knowledge of like contract status or, you know, any, any, I don't know shit. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. As far as the, the uh, WWE world goes, I don't, I don't know a fucking thing, but I'm just saying like ability wise and this and that, but um doesn't surprise me because I thought he was already like kind of headed out anyway, like did his little time there. He wasn't going to be in the WWE forever. He was going to head back to Japan and, you know, reign supreme over there and shit. He didn't. He hung around. They did the heel turn thing last I heard. I don't know if he's a heel face, whatever the fuck's going on now. But um, the AEW thing is definitely the talk of the town as far as that. Um, I don't, again, I don't know if it, it, it's a go back to Japan move. I don't even know when it comes to all these guys saying like, Hey, I want my release. Cause I had heard something, uh, read something somewhere that it was like Vince was willing to offer people more money if they were looking to leave to go AEW. So fuck man, all these guys could just be playing their fucking card and just being like, mm, might be out of here and just see what kind of fucking offers float across the table. Fuck it. Why not? Why not, you know, try out for a raise. And then if you don't get it, you know, I don't know that Vince is, like, kicking people out the door for bringing it up, but, you know, we'll find out. I'd say more more likely than not, he's either going to say, well, do what you got to do, I understand, and they could either move on, or maybe they get an offer floated across the table that sounds better than what they're making. I don't know. So, um, I don't know. Like, I, I heard all sorts of shit. Uh, my good friend, uh, Two Scoops, he... uh. He he was like, you know, who's worse, Nakamura or Dean Ambrose? Like, fuck, man. I, I don't know what you're watching. Again, I, I don't watch the WWE or really wrestling for that matter. And um, Nakamura is awesome. Um, I don't know what he's been doing on TV, what, what's going on here or there. But you go back and watch the Nakamura AJ shit from Japan and uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And, and you look at the type of shit he was putting down when he was there. He, you know, he, his style was a little bit watered down on TV, but, you know, you really got to see Nakamura on the fucking main stage, and when he came out, and, you know, even the NXT days, and the fucking crowd was doing his fucking music, like, crazy, crazy volume, the shit gave you fucking goosebumps, because it was like, yo, these are the type of guys that didn't stand a chance in the WWE years ago. People are so quick to scream, oh, they're using them wrong, they're using them wrong, they're using this and that. And then you watch these fucking guys on the main event of their shows. Like, what else do you want them to fucking do? If you're going to nitpick wins and losses and all this shit, and just get super upset about, oh, they're using... I mean, realistically, uh, indie guys are getting the shit pushed out of them now. So, I I, I can't... But as far as... I mean, if we're going to play the game of, like, either one of these guys straight suck, I can't can't rock with you there. Uh, Dean Ambrose, again, um, this dude was the shit, you know, on the indies. He was killing it in CZW and, you know, everywhere else he was at. And, um, you know, for this guy to be uh, main eventing, I mean, how many how many shows did he main event? Uh, TLC matches and all sorts of different shit. And such a big part, you know, with the Shield and everything else. And, I mean, the dude, the dude absolutely has crushed it in the WWE as far as I'm concerned. And, um, I mean, if he's he's opting for his release or whatever the fuck, if he winds up... Dude's going to make a shitload of money at AEW. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, it, that that's just how I feel about like those guys and, and all of this type of thing and the releases and stuff. I'd imagine they're going to wind up with some pretty big names. I'd love to see Kenta outside of WWE because the dude, um, again, haven't watched much. Don't really know what he's up to at the moment, but, um, he, he got hit with a bunch of injuries and I think that really held him back because at some point or another, you know, the gates were wide open for guys to fly up to the main roster. And I feel like he would have a hundred percent been there. I think, I mean, he was still up in there when punk was there, wasn't he? Cause I was thinking like, Oh, here comes, you know, to go to sleep, fucking battle and all that. And before, you know, punk was gone and then, you know, he was on and off the shelf. I want to say it's been that long. I could be wrong, but, um, I'd love to see him, you know, back out fucking doing some shit in Japan and, you know, maybe AEW, whatever the fuck. I just, you know, see where it goes from there. Um, just, I just like to see that dude succeed because he was just such a fucking animal. You go back and watch, you know, Kenta versus Loki and shit like that. Fuck, man. This dude was an absolute murderer in the ring. Um, what else? Uh, as far as AEW... Let me, I guess, transition into this topic here. There was a, a thread that a bunch of people sent to me that was um, Z-Bar arguing with Joey Janela. And um, I think both of these guys are dickheads. Um, but here's the thing. And I'll explain both sides of why I think both of those things. Uh, Z-Bar has always sucked. I mean, he's, he's always been complete trash in the ring. I mean, always. I always couldn't stand him. He was like one of the worst parts of a CZW show. I remember asking Trent to kick him in his fucking face at uh, one of the tournament of deaths. It might have been tournament of death two. It was a non-tournament match, and he was up against Bar. And I was like, dude, can you please just kick this motherfucker like in his face? <laughs> and uh, he left the boot print on his face in that uh, that match. Not to say he wouldn't have kicked him in the face any fucking way. Yakuza was his finish and was what it was. But Trent was wearing, I, I believe he was wearing like fucking Timberlands or some shit. Like he was wearing like <laughs> some some different type of boots. And there was a uh, there was like a mark on his fucking face after the match. It was it was pretty funny if you go back. I think it was tournament death two, non tournament Trent versus um, Z Bar, and he kicked him like. Right in his fucking face on that finish. Um, but yeah, um, I, I just, and, you know, in Bar, I had some back and forth shit online where he, he talked a bunch of wild shit to me. And, you know, as a surprise to nobody, I talked my shit back. Uh, this was, I believe, too, back in my drinking days. So I was all about, you know, I mean, I wake up the next morning and I check my fucking, my messenger, or I wasn't even a messenger back then whatever the, uh, the, the Facebook IMs to see who I got into fights with or fucking said some wild shit to the night before. Cause I would just fucking, I'd go in. Um, and, uh, you know, I had some definite words with this dude. I, I will give Z bar credit for, um, he actually did apologize. Um, you know, a couple of years back and said, you know, he went too far and this and that and he apologized for some of the things he said and stuff. And, and I do give him credit for that. I, I mean, I, I told him that I'll never respect him, regardless of his apology. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, because, you know, again, some of the shit that he said, I'm not going to go into all of that stuff. But, like, you know, th there's, like, a going too far. And you talk some real wild shit online, and, like, you just don't know me like that. And, I mean, it is what... It, it's... I'm not I'm not here for the, the, the fucking... Uh, the drama and the, the, the banter back and forth. And I, I don't... I don't just... Uh, 
I'm not just some random ass nerd on the fucking internet, on, you know, talking shit or on a podcast trying to get motherfuckers attention or whatever. I, I, I speak my thoughts on things, but, um, you know, it is, it is. Um, so that, that's just kind of Z bar. And, um, so Z bar, I don't even know how the shit came about. I didn't, I didn't really read the initial thread or something like that, but Something along the lines of him saying that Janela and his friends were marks for going to WrestleMania. And I'll 100% defend that side of things because, like, look, why why is it such a negative fucking thing for anybody to pretend or, or portray a fan as a wrestler? If you're a wrestler and you're taking a fucking picture with a guy that you're now sitting in the locker room with, or or you get to wrestle the fucking guy and and you know you you're watching that motherfucker on TV when you decided to train. Now all of a sudden it's fucking surreal and shit. We're in the fucking locker room together and shit like that. I know some people want to put themselves on some kind of high pedestal and say like yo like that that's that's making yourself too much of a fan and this and that. Like don't get it fucked up, man. The fans are the reason you're doing this shit. The fans are the reason it's it fucking matters at all. When you're dying fucking to, to get packed houses and this and that, don't turn around spitting the motherfucking fans' faces. Now, look, don't get me wrong. A lot of these fans are fucking disgusting piles of shit that I don't want to be around. And th- half of the reason why I stopped attending wrestling shows, because I don't want to be around these smelly, non-showering, unathletic, dirty motherfuckers. Like, they're just fucking scumbags for the most part. And I have no problem with, with saying any of that. And, and I've called many of them out by fucking name. And that's why a good portion of the wrestling fan community don't fucking like me because I don't fucking like them. I, I don't I don't want their respect. I don't need their respect. The things that they look up to are, aren't on my fucking radar. It's it's not part of my life. I'm a 40 year old man at this point, and, and all of that th- that type of shit that they're up to, that shit was cool when I was like fucking 22, 23, 24, whatever. I've fucking evolved. So, uh, you know, no pun intended wrestling fans, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, and, and that's, that's a hundred percent, man. It's, it's not a gimmick. That's not saying any kind of shit like that. And that's, that's also not saying that every wrestling fan is a piece of shit, but there, there's so, so many of them that fall right into that fucking category. I, I just don't want, I wouldn't want to be around in life. You know what I mean? Not in the same room for anything. And, um, but again, when you're in the business of wrestling, when, when you are the, the performer, the entertainer, and those people are your fucking bread and butter. Those are the people that pay for the tickets. Those are the people to pack the building, buy your merch, all that shit. When anybody, I don't give a fuck how, how much of a veteran they are and this and that, you can't really take that step back and just talk shit on them. Like, cause I mean, I'm, I'm not connected to it in that aspect. I'm not in any way, shape or form making money off of, of the business or, I'm not part of the business, but when you're part of the business and the people who are supporting your business the very most, you step back and go, fucking Marks, what are you, retarded? What kind of shit is that? Like, imagine, like, anybody running a fucking business, and as you walk in their fucking store, they're like, what do you want today, you piece of shit? You buying more of my trash in this fucking store? Is that what you're up to? Like, really? You're just going to keep giving me your money? What a fucking idiot you are. (laughs) Like, how many times are you going to keep going back to that fucking store? So, hey, man, like, everybody fucking pat each other on the back. Put yourself on a fucking pedestal. Which is always funny to me, because half of these motherfuckers that put themselves on this pedestal. And another big reason why I stopped fucking attending wrestling. And it really started to, like, leave a bad taste in my mouth. Because 
these motherfuckers put themselves on a pedestal like they're some supreme athletes, and like I could work fucking circles around these motherfuckers as far as athleticism goes. You know what I mean? As far as like training, like these motherfuckers couldn't hang with me. You know, I'm not a wrestler. I'm not. I don't claim to be a wrestler or anything like that. Um, but I mean, athletically, like don't. Don't talk down to me like you've worked really hard because, you know, you got your Josh Cranes who post all this fucking work hard for keep working while your enemy sleeps because they get the fuck you fat pigeon shaped motherfucker. Like, who the fuck are you talking to? What fucking nerd are you talking to that's looking at your fat ass and going like, yeah, that guy worked really hard. Like, Are you pitching to blind people or what the fuck are you doing? So, you know, th- there's some wild shit that goes on there. So I, I'm not I'm really against wrestlers talking down to the fan base and like marks becoming a derogatory term because like that's the fucking only reason why you get paid is because people show up to the building if no one showed up to the building and you ran out of fucking marks they're not gonna fucking pay you anymore because there's no money coming into the company that's paying you you know what i mean like let's let's be realistic so there's there's that side of things that makes bar look like a complete fucking idiot the part that makes Janela look like a fucking idiot is because he, he responds with like, yeah, you've never made any money in your fucking career and I'm making six figures now. So he's right. I mean, he's a hundred percent right that bars never made me fucking money in, in wrestling. But the part that like, oh, I make six figures now. Like, first off, like you're talking about an AEW contract from what I heard the dude's making like 150 grand. I don't know if that's per year because I think he said something about six figures per year. So I don't know if that's 150 grand per year. But I thought, from what I heard, again, I, I don't know any of this shit to be complete facts. But from what I heard, allegedly, uh, he's making 150 grand as a three-year contract. So if he's bragging about a six-figure per year, then maybe he's making 150 grand per year, which I think is fucking crazy. Um. I think Janelle is very talented. He's willing to die for the fucking, uh, for, for the pop. And, um, he's obviously got marketability. You see all the Joey Janela is, you know, spring break, uh, Joey Janela lost in this and that and whatever the fuck. Um, but this dude is still hurt. This dude is still recovering. So, I mean, to sign a guy to a contract that hasn't even fully recovered from his injury yet is is pretty wild, you know, especially a big money contract like that. It's pretty fucking crazy. I mean, um, maybe maybe they have some shit worked out that, you know, they have ops out of their contract or whatever. Fuck, I don't know. But also for Joey, a guy who's not fucking recovered yet who's drunk standing in the fucking ring crying to PCO and Masato Tanaka like, uh, I mean, that, that shit looked crazy. The sad boy Joey Janela out there crying at the fucking wrestlers. Like, you, you inspired me, man. Like, that, <laughs> that's a bad look. Um, but you're over there counting your money before a fucking show even happened. Before your injury even healed. You know what I mean? And again, looking like a motherfucker who doesn't know where the gym is. It, it's just crazy. Like, people just act fucking crazy within that business, and that's that's why I don't I don't hold it in high regard. I just don't. You know, I'll talk about it and stuff, because look, man, I follow that shit, like, religiously for quite some time. So I comment on shit as I see it and whatever, but, um, it's just, it's just crazy to, to act that way. 
um, you know, counting your money before you even fucking make it just because somebody signed you to a deal, you know, be the bigger fucking guy. Don't even say shit to him. Oh, Z-Bar is calling you a mark. Why does that hold any fucking weight with you? That's crazy. But Joey will tell me to grow up online. You know, I, I work six days a week fucking saving animals, nursing animals back to health. You're arguing with Z-Bar, bragging about money you haven't even made yet, and uh, I need to grow up. That's why he's a jerk-off. And um, Barr's obviously a jerk-off for all the reasons I uh, I mentioned. He's just, uh, Joey's completely immature. Um, he still thinks that train wreck shit is cute, and, and it's going to come fucking crashing down on him because he doesn't take care of his body. Um, it's funny because he... I had a couple of people send me, he posted some shit like, where's the most stuffed Oreos and shit like that. And like, that dude does not need to explore better snacks. The other funny part to me is I am smashing these most stuffed Oreos and still have abs at 40 years old. So, um, uh, big up to, to most stuffed Oreos and, uh, eat up Joey, man. These things are banging. So, um, I know you don't work hard enough to, to make it, uh, not matter to your body, but Hey man, YOLO. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, so that's that. Uh, what else the fuck I got? Uh, fucking, I know there is more I had to talk about. Oh, um, it seems that we uh we may have won the uh the battle of uh Neil Diamond Cutter paying a motherfucker or sending a fucking shirt out. I had uh completely hounded this dude over and over, and um. Because the thing is, is like, Jeremy gave this dude $20 and probably shipping money or whatever the fuck to buy a shirt off this dude in May. And I had mentioned it on the show before, you know, it continued to go on and on and on. I hit this dude up in October like, yo, Jeremy is a good fucking dude, but he, he just doesn't speak up for himself enough, especially when it comes to this type of shit. You know, sometimes fans are just abused, and that's it. And it's just like, oh, I could use this fan for fucking money, sure. But at least give him the motherfucking merch that he's buying off of you. You know, and when it becomes like you don't do that, and then you continue to fucking plead and beg, and oh, I need a ride, I need a place to stay, oh, fuck, I'm having a hard time, I need help, I need help. And meanwhile, you already left other people hanging. Shit's not cool. Shit's not cool at all, and, you know, and then you see shit like that, and I, you know... I just kept hitting this fucking dude up. Like, yo, what the fuck? Yo, where, where's where's the dude shit at? Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Da, 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 da. Oh, you're, you're such a good friend for going out on the line for him. Da, da, da. But like, yeah, I'm going to send his shit out right away. Fucking months went by. So then I started getting even more like, all right, where's this dude shit? Where's this dude shit? This dude fucking posted a picture from the crowd at fucking Royal Rumble the other night. I'm like, yeah, well, when you get home, why don't you send my boy his fucking money? Yeah, I mean. Because, fuck, uh, why, why are we not paying this dude? Um, because, I don't know. For me, like, yeah, he, he sent out Jeremy's shirt and all that, but for me, like, it, it hits a certain level, and I don't, I don't want to wear your motherfucking shirt anymore, bro. If I fucking gave you money in May to try to support you and walk around with your fucking name on me, don't, don't hit me up in fucking February with a fucking shirt, because I ain't, I ain't repping your shit no more, you know what I mean? I couldn't imagine walking around with this fucking dude shirt on after waiting almost a year for his shit. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the, that's the dude I want to represent. So when people are like, oh, yeah, you're a fan? Oh, yeah, I'm a fucking fan. Fuck a fan, man. I ain't trying to hear that shit. Um, 
What else? Uh, I started watching that fucking. Uh, I I watched all the episodes of the, the Titan Games with The Rock. Um, a little weird with them calling him DJ all the time. You know, that shit just strikes me weird. But um, because I've always yeah, I've heard The Rock, I've heard Dwayne and all that, but like just DJs. And they like like primarily call him DJ. Like no one knows him by anything else. It's fucking weird. But um. That show was fucking awesome. Uh, some real beast shit. Um, you know, there's there's some like obstacle course race aspects to it, but it's some real power shit. Like I really feel like I'm like fifty pounds of muscle shy of of really competing well in that show, and I don't think I'm going to gain fifty pounds of muscle. Don't get me fucked up and 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 uh, you know think that that's where I'm headed. That that's not going to happen. But um. There, there's some real like heavy, heavy shit in there that I think, um, cause they'll, they'll show you, they'll be like, here's this guy, he's super athletic. He does this and this and this. And then like his, his fucking competitor he's going up against is like, here's a guy who's got another 40 pounds of muscle on him and shit. And like, dudes get crushed. Robbie E was on there. Um, and you know, they played up the whole story. He's a wrestler and uh, looked up to the rock and all that shit. And it all sounded great, but fuck out in the first round by this uh this big motherfucker, yeah. Cause they do shit like, um, you gotta take a cinder uh, um a sledgehammer and smash this big fucking concrete ball that's hanging from a chain. The, the ball is like three hundred fifty pounds, so you gotta like knock as much cement off that shit so you can pull it up to a certain level, and then you got another ball too. So like motherfuckers are burning out on that shit. Um, there's some shit where you gotta, like, climb up this fucking hill, and, um, you got, like, this bar with chains on it, and every fucking, every, every, like, notch you go up further, the chains get heavier, because it's coming up off the ground, so it's heavier and heavier, and yeah, like, it's fucking, it's insane the type of shit they do on there, but, I highly recommend that show, it's very entertaining, there's this big jacked up motherfucker that was, uh, like, a fireman from, uh, New York, and this motherfucker, man, he uh he had that that sledgehammer shit to do, and he fucking ran up, fucking fell on his ass, dropped the sledgehammer, sledgehammer went sliding across the fucking stage. <laughs> he got up, still won the fucking challenge, and then they went into the finals, and I was like, yo, all I want is the fucking blue guy to win and the red guy to fucking fall as much as humanly possible, and I got my wish. Um, this fucking dude. Like the blue, the guy in blue was just smoking the course, and there was like these big rollers that the that the guys got to like jump up over. Yeah, you kind of got to like go from one roller to the next, but it's like on a on an incline. And this motherfucker got stuck between like roller one and roller two, and every time the camera went back to him, he was like madder, <laughs> standing in between the rollers, not knowing what the fuck to do. He kept falling off of them and shit, like he was helpless. He got stuck the whole fucking time between the two rollers, and that was like early in the course, so he was just fucked. It was it was really funny watching that shit. Um, let me see. I know there I know there's some shit I'm missing because uh, I put up some shit about uh. The fucking podcast the other night. I was going to do it. And then I didn't. Um, Where the fuck. Is it. Gotta look for my uh, my post from the other night. Shout out to Shaheen doing the motherfucking. uh, He's over there doing all sorts of graphics on his shit. 
um, he did the uh, the Muppets. He's doing three fucking panels. I've seen the first two. I haven't seen the third one yet. Looking forward to seeing that. I think he said it was going to be done tonight or something. So um, when they're done uh, a couple weeks, I'll have that tax tax money back. And uh, I'm definitely going to get all three printed out, put them up on my wall you know, next to each other. It's going to look real dope. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, check out that dude, Nuclear Heat Graphics. And uh, he's just fucking crushing it on there. He's putting out piece after piece. Anything you're into, he's probably got something you fucking you'll love. So uh, check him out. Check him out on Hot Tag Podcast, that whole deal. Uh, I mentioned Jeremy before. Check him out on I Got You Five Stars. He's over there interviewing all the uh, fast up-and-coming motherfuckers and uh, giving his opinion on all sorts of shit. And uh, so check him out, of course. Um, let me see. So, um, Big Mac Smack asked me uh, the lack of big man T-shirts in indie federations, and I said I don't know a motherfucking thing about that because uh, you know, look, man, I uh, I wear a large. I used to wear extra larges, and I started to get a little more built. So, like the way the large you know, sits on me a little bit more. So I, I definitely don't know about like the lack of five X's on the Indies. Um, I guess that's a thing, but, um, he said, uh, and then Paul said, um, why are all the shirts automatically $20? That, 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 that's a great question. Actually. Um, back in the day, man, all the shirts used to be 20 bucks. That, that was like the standard wrestling shirt price. And I got it. I got it, but, you know, for a while, it was, like, front and back, every shirt had a front and back, multiple colors, motherfuckers started really stepping it up, you know, some of the different designs and shit, um, when Lars started doing his shit, um, what the fuck was the name of his shit, um, Brutal Butcher Shop, he started putting out, like, just fire fucking designs, like, like, dope shit, where you're, like, doesn't just look like a basic ass wrestling shirt. This looks like some like real ill artistic design shit. So then more and more over time, you started to see more people with like, um, you know, the, the, the graphic design fucking abilities and they were hitting people up who were really good graphic designers. So over time, we've really seen like wrestling shirts take on another form and become like way more legit. You know, it's not just your same block letter shit as, as it was once upon a time. But, um, some people cop the fuck out, man. Like, some people are just doing one-sided shirts, basic colors, still 20 bucks. Like, come on, man. You're definitely, you're definitely spending less on those shirts being made. No question about it. I've seen, uh, like, some of the shirts I've gotten printed. Um, you know, you you do a couple colors, two-sided and, and, you know, you're spending like seven, eight bucks a shirt. Maybe the uh, big, big sizes, you're getting a little bit more. And, yeah, like you make a good profit on that on like a $20 sale. But, you know, I mean, that's that that's about the average. You know, it, it's commonplace to, to charge that. So I don't think it's really bizarre to charge like a flat 20. There's a certain point motherfuckers start charging 25. And it's like, what the fuck is 25 for what? And the next thing you know, you start seeing one-sided shirts with one color. And that motherfucker's $20. And it's like, well, you probably could have thrown 
threw that out there for 15 because you probably only spent five to print that shit. Yeah, I mean, so like the same way that you're making $12 off of a fucking $8 shirt. I mean, how about knocking it down a couple bucks because you could still be making $12 off of that, you know, $5 shirt and charging people a couple less. Yeah, I mean, and then maybe it'll draw people to you too and be like, oh, that dude's shirts are fucking $15 or $17. I know it's, you know, a little more difficult to make change or whatever, but it just seems to be like ridiculous standard price no matter how much you actually put into the shirt and shit. And some shit is real fucking basic, but I don't know. I guess that's nitpicking. Just don't buy the shit if you don't want it. And, uh, and, uh, it was funny. Uh, <laughs> the one dude actually called, uh, 3XL wrestling fan medium. <laughs> and that shit is like the funniest fucking thing to me. Um, let me see. Hall of Fame talked about that. Um, Let me see. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see much more on there. I'm trying to think of. I knew that there was more, some more shit I wanted to talk. The fuck, man! I think I was missing somebody I wanted to fucking blast or something. God damn it! Um, definitely gonna have Schlagback on the show soon. I had hit him up. Last week or the week before, I don't even remember. I know I was still a little bit under the weather, didn't have much of a voice. Um, but I definitely want to have Schlack back on. I actually just realized that because um, I I checked back in the archives, and it's actually been like almost two years since I had Schlack on, which is crazy as fuck, man. That time flies like 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 crazy, man. Um, I, I definitely didn't think it was that long, but uh, well overdue. He's one of my absolute favorites in the uh the wrestling business for as little as I follow wrestling he's one of the fucking people I actually you know I'll look for some of his matches and I'll still watch some shit based on Schlack his promos are the best fucking thing that's coming out of any promos that go on in in professional wrestling his shit is so over the top his fucking uh just just the way he puts his shit out there and then on top of that like his his fucking his even the editing that goes into that shit is just it's top notch, absolute top notch. Um, so yeah, there's uh, there's definitely a lot to talk about with Schlack. Look forward to that soon. Um, fuck. I, I I just I know this shit I'm missing. It's it's cold out this motherfucker. It's um supposed to be like fucking five degrees low tomorrow, and then like fucking 18 or some shit like that like the high temperature and i know some people out there chicago type area like oh that's fucking warm motherfucker we got minus 36 temperatures out here yeah fuck all that i've seen some shit where they're talking about like out there you have to be careful to not breathe too hard because it'll hurt your fucking lungs i man i don't even it could do damage to your lungs it's that cold like i don't want anything to do with that shit that that's real wild um, Gotham has been dope as fuck. If you have not watched Gotham, you should really catch that shit, man. Um, this, this is the final season, season five. They were only doing 10 episodes to wrap this shit up. 
Um, it has just been absolute fucking fire. I think all the portrayals, all the characters are done just so fucking well. And um, the twists and turns that they take in this show is just, it's fucking awesome. I love it. Um, definitely sad that it's going to be gone after this season. But, man, what a fucking series they put together. Um, big, big fan. Um, yeah, I can't I can't think of what else the fuck I was going to talk about. I definitely feel like I'm missing shit. And as soon as I fucking end this thing, I'll be like, God damn it. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't fucking think. Um, Super Bowl fucking Sunday. I'm definitely going to do another puppet video before then. Took a week off because, you know, we had that week in between. That was the, uh, the fucking Pro Bowl. And I don't even know anybody who watches that shit. But, um, I guess the AFC dominated. Um, it's crazy when like an all-star team only scores seven points. That's fucking crazy. But, um, yeah, so, uh, check out Grizz World on, uh, YouTube. That's my puppet channel. And, um, I look to do a lot more with that. I'm really going to try to conjure up some different things and, and go down, uh, you know, a good path with that and really just continue to put out content. That's my main thing is I'm trying to put out more fucking content there. Um, and this football season has definitely helped me quite a bit because when I came up with the, uh, the betting thing, which I was already making bets anyway, so the puppets would more or less like poke fun at my own fucking betting habit, which, you know, again, it, it played its fucking role. It, uh, definitely, uh, served its purpose. Because, uh, and, and it couldn't have played out better, not for me financially, but, um, for, you know, the puppets and and its humor, because I continue to lose week after, and, uh, no matter what, the, uh, the guy who was giving him the picks, it was fucking wrong on a regular basis, so, uh, check that out, Griswold, you can really go over the, uh, the season, I, I forget what week it was I started, seven or eight, something like that. And you can go over every week. I put out videos after videos. So, actually, I'm happy that I got a good amount of content on there. So, when I finally do get some kind of traffic on there, there'll be something for them to actually go back and watch. And, uh, you know, um, I've been re-watching the shit out of The Muppet Show and the old Muppet movies and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, trying to pick up some pointers from that type of stuff. And it's just amazing the puppetry they did back then and, you know, the lack of special effects and what they just put down with just basic fucking hard work puppetry. And uh, when you really, like, focus in on that shit and be like, yeah, like, all these puppets and all this shit on the screen, like, there's a motherfucker, like, laying on his fucking side with his arm in the air. And, uh they had little monitors on the floor so they would watch the monitor to see what their puppet was doing as they controlled it. The, the, the camera would film the puppet and he couldn't really see his own puppets actions other than what he was trying to do. So if he needed to adjust it or look a certain way to really line up with the other puppets that were up there, he had to look at that fucking monitor that was down on the floor. And again, we're talking about, you know, the fucking 70s. So when we're talking about the 70s and the 80s, you're talking about like a tiny little black and white fucking monitor. You know, nothing that's really going to show you a whole shitload. It's not like, you know, HD shit and fucking nice little panel that you could pivot any way you want. You're talking about a little box like a brick on the floor with a fucking screen on it. 
And uh, it's just, it's incredible the amount of things that they did back then. And uh, it's definitely one of my very favorite forms of entertainment. Puppetry, I think it's a lost art. And, uh, you know, what they did back then has been pretty much unmatched. Um, I always hope for the Muppets to take off again, you know, when they do the different movies and stuff like that. But this generation is just trash. So um, you could expect shit like that to struggle because it actually takes talent. Uh, when it comes to some of the motherfucking things that get over now and the kids are watching, you know, somebody unbox a fucking, like, I never thought, like, kids would be entertained by other kids having toys that they don't fucking have. <laughs> like, where, where the fuck did jealousy go? <laughs> did, it, did motherfuckers stop being jealous? I mean, for Christ's sakes. Like, I don't even want to watch that kid with all his shit. I don't have that shit. The fuck he's gonna... People will sit there, kids will watch that shit for fucking hours, unboxing shit and, and talking about it, and it's it's fucking wild. And some of those kids are making millions of dollars based off of the likes and fucking shares and and views on their fucking YouTube page. Shit is wild. But, um, so yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. I'll just leave it at that, and then if I think of some more shit... I'll get back at it next week because, uh, you know, like to do more shows. So uh, we'll see what goes on next week. You know, maybe we'll uh, have Schlack on and talk some shit with him because, uh, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's been a while. Uh, I think that's about all I got. Enjoy the motherfucking Super Bowl. Um, go Pats, I guess. I mean, it, it, it's got to be go Pats because if I make a couple bets on the Pats, I definitely can't root any other way. Um, so, uh, that's, that's that, um, yeah, hit me up with more topics and all that type of shit, I'll add it to whatever the fuck I forgot, cause I just have like this, like, bad fucking feeling, like, dude, what the fuck, you forgot some shit, but, that's, that's not out of the ordinary, so, uh, anyway, check out all my friends that I mentioned, and, uh, check me out next week, hit up my motherfucking YouTube page, all of that type of shit, and, uh, talk to you motherfuckers next week, peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired of rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. What I make you good? Like cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie.
Yakuza Kid Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the back guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools. <laughs> <laughs> 